podcast. I am Not Great Parent Molly, and this is my co-host, Not Great Parent Nathan. That's me. Hello. All right. Well, here we are again for another episode. So yeah, let's tell them about why we'd like to say that we're not great parents. Yeah. So we're not great parents because our goal is we do not want to be people who get caught up in that endless pursuit of greatness, right? Greatness is elusive. What the world says is great. Having a great marriage, a great family, a great career, a great Great, life. Great travel experience. Oh, yes. Yes. All those things. Lots of money. Yes. Yeah. And it really is very curated Uh and uh, and unique to the individual. Like, Mm. I think that person gets to decide what their idea of greatness is. Right. You know? And so... It has really become very complicated. I just recently um, was listening to a podcast where a guy, and I really like this podcast. I'm not going to say what it is because okay. a lot of my ideas come from this guy. So oh, I think this would be uh, best enough for me. It's hard to plagiarize if people are. <laughs> that's right. People know who people I'm stealing know these where ideas you're from. This stuff from. Uh, no, but his name is Andrew Root. Uh, the reason why is they've changed the name of the podcast like three times. I think it is it? currently called When Church Stops Working, but I don't think so. At one time it was called New Time Religion. And oh, that's not a good name. I like yeah. when church stops working. They just they called it like a thousand things. So anyway, he um, he was talking about the reason I like it is I was listening to it. My wife said, "Oh my word, this sounds like you." His daughter, <laughs> he and his daughter went on a trip to Jerusalem, and she said, "Oh, this is on my bucket list." And he said, "So then I went on like a ten minute tirade about how bucket lists are stupid that, and okay, all these different that, things." The Jerusalem trip didn't sound like you. The tirade about the bucket list, yes, yes. about how ultimately it's this postmodern idea of all these. <laughs> and Jennifer was like, "Dear Lord, this sounds like doing anything with you." So you're listening to yourself. On this <laughs> Just listening to yourself. But his point, and I think this is the right point, is he said, "If you think about the problem with bucket list, is that." They are all, there's this idea that there is this uniquely great life and mm-hmm. it includes all these things that I need, these experiences that I want to have. You right. know, I've never been to Italy. Right. I've never, I've never seen, you know, a sunset on the beach or, you know, these different things. I've right. never gone skydiving. Whatever your bucket list is. Right. You've, and everyone's got their own thing. And he talked about how it actually prevents us at times from, from living the life God calls us to and sacrificing in the way that we're supposed to. Because we, we really do think a good life is not giving up any of these things. And so anyway, the, the point that he made on it was, he goes, could you imagine somebody uh, trying to end up going to Omaha Beach right. for, for you know, World War II D-Day and going, oh, but I never, I never got to see a sunset on the beach. He yeah. goes, no, there was no idea in the previous life that I'm somehow missing out if I haven't had these uniquely curated experiences. Right. In their life, a good life would have been if my life ends... Right in this sacrificial way, right. that or was meaningful. I've done things throughout my life that were right. sacrificial. Yes, but not I completed a list of experiences. Yes, and so greatness. This is a long intro for this episode. Hey, it's all right. The great it's a new intro for this. Episode. There you go. Greatness often in our world is people saying, "I have a curated list of things I wanted." to do, right? And I wanted to accomplish, and it's unique to me, 
but it often requires so much effort. And often when I get to whatever that is, it was never as satisfying as I wanted. No. The pursuit was more enjoyable. As I heard someone say this the other day, that planning your vacation is always more exciting than going on your vacation. Oof, that is often true. But you're always like, man, this, oh, this is going to be a great trip. vacation from your vacation. Yes. It's so exhausting. You have so, so many so expectations. Many the expectations are exciting, not the other. And we want to be people who are living in the goodness of God, which means often living in the mess of our life, yeah. in the in the in the broken parts of our lives, in the dreams that didn't get accomplished, the things that didn't work out, with people, as this episode will be about, that often frustrate me mm-hmm. and aren't the way I want them to be. Yeah. Um, and still saying, how can I seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, what he calls good? So that's in the longest possible explanation. Oh, come on. You could do it longer. I, well, I should say this. Normally, <laughs> right Molly now. does the that explanation. I'll be taking it back next week. I was about to say, people are like, man, Gosh. this episode could have been 25 no, minutes. what people did was they heard you mention that other podcast, and they're gone. I will tell you this. Not only they were gone, but not to listen to that other podcast. They just skimmed ahead to the next time Molly talks. Oh, yeah, right. I'm sure. So, <laughs> We'll anyway. see. I don't know. But that is true. We are going to pursue the goodness of God. That's what we talk yes. about in here. We talk about, you know, our own experiences as parents and um, just what we're trying to do, too, in our own homes. So this current series we're doing is yes. really fun to me. Um, it's I, I really like it. Confessions of a Not Great Parent. Yeah. Um, and so what we're doing here is we've asked for you guys to submit confessions. Um, and we've had some of our own thrown into the mix and what we do is we um get the confessions that you guys submit on the form which Mm -hmm. is in the show note there's a link to it in the show notes but we take these confessions and what we do is we look at them and we say okay these confessions might actually we either confirm that they're actually Mm -hmm. okay to say right or we correct meaning we go in and we say you know what this actually, this confession is outside of what we're talking about in the seeking of the goodness of God. And we can mm-hmm. do a correction and say, okay, let's look at it this way. Yes. So we have a new confession that came in from one of you. This isn't one of our confessions, although no. I... Yeah, it sounds like The one. funny thing is, is most of these confessions could be any of them. Could be ours. I think there was a time in our brainstorming, these words almost <laughs> verbatim came out of one of our mouths. And oh, not just... Sure give credit because it is not just Molly and I who are at work on this uh, podcast. We also have uh, Sawyer, our youth pastor, helps Mm -hmm. out with this. Uh, You guys have seen Jason and Ed who occasionally contribute. But even behind the scenes, Sawyer and uh, producer Charlie and my wife Jennifer is also in on those meetings. And often it's very much uh, (coughs) just us talking about our own families. Yeah, our own families or our own children, our own relationships with our parents. And so I think these next kind of this next confession was something one of us said at some point um which i guess let's just get into it Drum roll. yeah the confession is my kids get on my nerves that was all they said <laughs> now if you can't relate to this go ahead and move on to a new podcast yeah you, you need but to find we the- know that you're not changing now because we all know our children at some point has gotten on our nerves yeah and i i'm assuming yeah what do you, what do you think they meant by this i'm assuming the que- it almost feels like a question is is it okay that my kids get on my nerves right it's and, it's my yeah. kids get on my nerves i'm assuming probably regularly and yeah. so they're feeling somewhat 
bad about that or guilty. Yeah. Similar to when we had the conversation about I don't really like my child at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, I think, my kids just get on my nerves. Yeah, and so I think we really have to kind of break this idea down to something different because we did do an episode, and you can go back and see it. It's one of the very first confessions Confession we did. Uh, I think the episode is titled, I Don't always enjoy being with my kids or something like that. Oh, I made it harsher. I don't really like my kids. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that was one of the ways we talked about it was there are times that being a parent is not enjoyable. Right. And so we've we've talked about that idea of the importance of delighting in your kids and the way Mm -hmm. that God made your kids. I think this episode, we need to talk about a different kind of aspect of this that we almost talked about on that episode. But I know these episodes are long. They're like 35, 40 minutes. Sometimes we got close to an hour. Oh, yeah. But we often could go longer, and so we have to we have to cut it back. And so um, I think the thing that we want to talk about first is yes, it's okay that your kids get on your nerves because uh, there I don't know that there is a re- way to have a relationship with anyone where that person at some point doesn't get on your nerves. No, I think if someone gets on your nerves, you probably could use that as even an indicator of a mm-hmm. that you actually care about the relationship. <laughs> sure, and yeah. Is, you know, um, I think there aren't any relationships that we have, people that were cl- at least close relationships right. where someone doesn't get on our nerves. Yeah, I would say, you know, there's that, there's that phrase, um, I don't know if it gets used outside the church world, but often it's used in the church world that's everybody's normal until you get to know them. Oh yeah. That everybody seems normal and healthy and man, that's a that's a good guy. That's or as a, my mother used to say, normal is just a setting on the dryer. There you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> you meet someone you know, and maybe it's someone you you it's and, new person at work or a new person at church, and you go, this person is awesome. I think we would hit it off. You have this instant chemistry, and then all of a sudden they're like clearing their throat ninety times a minute, and you're she's like, talking about me. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever heard you do that. But I'm saying. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you do oh, that. So but, but I'm saying, that's what I mean. You get to know somebody, you think, wow, they're great. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now there's something. So, or it could be situational, that they annoy you in a certain situation or whatever. But no, that was not about you. I'll see if I can find the picture because I think my wife kept it. One of my daughters drew a picture of me. Clearing your throat. And put a little bubble, like a little text bubble, next, like a comic book, next to my face. And the, all she wrote was QA. And they said, what, what is daddy what is saying? And they said, it's that noise he makes. <laughs> That's awesome. The word. Oh, that is so good. Because <laughs> I'm always clearing my throat. I always have something. Uh, it's just, and honestly, it's become a habit. That's but so funny. going to that point, that is something <laughs> I know drives my wife nuts. See? So maybe I just happened to pick the right thing, but it had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I don't even know that I've ever heard you do it. But you end up, like that's right, you end up meeting somebody and you think, we could be best friends, we could really hit it off. And then the more time you spend with them, uh, things start to frustrate you. And I think the best example is always when you start, you know, when you were younger, or even now if you're, you know, you're single and you start dating someone and at first, the things that you found really cute and endearing eventually become the things that drive you nuts about that person. Um, that idea, I think, really gets to what everyone's used to, which is people, close relationships with people, they eventually will get on your nerves. And so I want to start by saying, I don't know if we want to like, confirm it like great job people get on your nerves i just want to say that's normal yeah that's just a part of life just a setting on the dryer
So I think that people getting on each other's nerves is a normal thing in life, like we said. And and it's actually something that we can find at different times in the Bible. I mean, mm -hmm. if you go back into the New Testament and look at Jesus, think about the, the time and they're traveling around, he and his disciples. And I, I've watched The Chosen. I don't know if you have. I do. I like The Chosen. But you can see they get on each other's nerves even in that. Oh, yeah. And there are several times in the Gospels, I, you know, and I'm not going to say it is it is clearly in there for no. people who, who don't want to agree with me, but I think you could make an argument for sure. There are times that Jesus seems very frustrated with himself. Yeah, in his word choice or yeah. in the way in which he says something like, I'll tell you again. Yes. You know, like yeah. how many times as parents do we say, I'll tell you again? Yes. Or, you or know, there, there's a time where he says, you faithless people, right? Yes. Like he goes, how how long? At one point, I, I believe the, the phrase is, how long do I have to put up? with you. Essentially. So if that isn't getting on your nerves, I don't know what is. But yeah. I don't think it's um, a bad thing that people were getting on, their nerve, no. on his nerves. I think it was a, a part of the relationships that yes. they all had together. That is part of growing re in re relationally with other people is they get on your nerves, you work through those things. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. that isn't what the whole relationship's about. I think in for many of us in the pursuit of greatness, this idea of a great life, in the family world, it often looks like um, Publix, right? Like a Publix commercial, oh, yes. right? Um, and I had used this example before. I was uh, a former staff member of ours who now is a, a teacher in like a media studies kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, Bill Kaufman, Billy Bill C on Billy. on TikTok for those who watched our or TikTok be episode. Real, you mean? Oh, be real. Yes, thank we you. Maybe. Have... You, oh man, if Bill has a TikTok, sign me up. But we're gonna ask him and we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> if, he <does. laughs> if he has one. Yes, on be real, uh, Billy Bill C. But uh, he'd asked me to come down and talk about um, uh, really writing and all those kind of things. So uh -huh. I did a comparison for a lot of people on commercials because I, I kind right. of written things like that here for us at church. And uh, we were looking at Publix commercials. And when you look at Publix commercials, what they're really selling is if you go come to Publix, your family gatherings will be warm. Yeah, if you come to Publix, you're going to have the perfect Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. It's going to be warm. There's going to be no those conflict. those little children people and smiles on everyone's faces. Yes, exactly. I warm mean, those lighting. little salt and pepper shakers, pilgrim people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not actual pilgrims from the past. Uh, but then... I compared that But with, it's a feeling you get when you yes. watch it. You know? Well, and it really comes down to, and this is the phrase that I use a lot, <laughs> which is a frictionless life. Oh, that yes. what I want is, Publix has this idea of like a holidays that is calm. Everyone put the turkey in the oven at the right time. Yes, everything tastes perfect. Everything comes out right. Everyone's happy. No one right? spilled on the table. Someone came home, home from war. You know, it's like everything. Yeah, some big surprise at the end. Yes. yes, and so it's frictionless. Everyone's able to enjoy each other without getting on each other's nerves, bumping into each other, having any of that. Nothing went wrong. Then we watched a Walmart commercial. Uh -huh. And what I told him, I said, it's very interesting to me about Walmart is one, Walmart was in, insanely diverse. It had mul multiple different um, ethnicities and even languages. And mm -hmm. like, you could tell like different nations were represented. It's like, mm -hmm. cause it was like Walmart's everywhere. But then the part of it was, it was a Christmas commercial. And whereas the Publix one was like, everything's running and it's everyone's doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Walmart was, I forgot to get wrapping paper. I got to go out on Christmas Eve to get it. I'm trying, one is the dad's trying to hang up the lights. <laughs> 
and then he pulls not only that, but he pulls a bunch of shingles like off the roof. The oh crap episode. Yes, exactly. And what I said was, I said, what is this communicate? And they said, Walmart is, they said, Publix is the life you wish was possible. Your bucket list. Yes. Your bucket list holiday. It's your bucket list holiday. And then they said, and these were high school students. They said, Walmart is what life is actually like. Oh, true. Which is... Messy. You, it's messy. It's friction. People are annoying each other. You're trying to cook something and the kids are talking loud and they're getting it, in the it, way. What it is, is it's not according to plan. Yes. It's just the way that life works. And it's it's not frictionless. It's full of friction. Mm. And I think the important part that we want to talk about is there is no such thing as a frictionless life. But most of us are trying to get that way. And we've tried to figure out ways. That's how most of us, I think... Our frustration is with most things in life is there was friction that I did not want to show up. So, right. So that friction could come in in a lot of different ways. So if mm -hmm. I want a frictionless life, it could come from I had an expectation and an ideal Correct. or my bucket list of how I this particular scenario or this person or this yes. whatever was going to go or be. And then enter what's reality. Yes. And there is something within that that causes friction to me. Whether yes. that person does something, whether that person is just the who person who they are, whether yes. there's something that disrupted our schedule or yes. somebody didn't come home from war that was yes. at our family dinner or whatever it is, but it creates that friction for me. And that's reality. Yeah. And I don't think, and I think for many of us, um, we are really trying to plan our lives. And this we'll come back to the relational part, but I think this is just bigger for followers of Jesus. We're trying to plan our life around making sure I can avoid all bumps in the road and all friction. Um, and so I'll take this for example. Um, yesterday, um, I was I had a meeting at work. I'd gone home for lunch. At a meeting at work, Molly mm -hmm. was in that meeting, and as I'm pulling out the driveway, I can feel, oh man, I got a flat tire. I got a flat tire, so I have to back back in. It was, you know, 90 degrees outside. It's humid as all get out. I have to get out, change this tire. You know, and I was, you know, and I had to apportion my time in such a way that I had exactly the amount of time to get to that meeting. Really? Because you were only seven minutes late, I think. Well, it didn't take me long to change the tire. I was like, I dang, say, I'm calling you next time. <laughs> I drive really bad top cars and do not so do effective tire maintenance. I'm so really good really at changing good at Okay, dumps. okay, good to know. Um, but you and, were only seven minutes late. Yeah, I was not. Still, in your mind. Yeah, I had apportioned this amount of time. And there's a feeling <laughs> of, um, you know, I know in my in my head, I'm like, oh, man. Uh, this is not what I need today. I'm already, I'm already rushed. I've had a kind of uh, just a, a, a long morning, lots of meetings, which had right. drained me and a lot of mm -hmm. stuff. And I said, I'm just, I don't need this today. I don't need to be doing this, you know. And then in the back of my head, I can hear my mom, who's in the meeting, who's in the meeting. But I can also hear her voice, who you know, when I was a kid, it was. If you had planned for this, you know, oh, if you taken, taken better, take care of your car and you had, you know, because well, honestly what it was, I don't think I hit anything in the road. I don't think any of that had happened. But, you know, the tread just eventually wears out and it all, mm -hmm. all happened. And, you know, if you had changed those tires, you know, you need to change. Oh, yes. And I, I don't want to put that on my mom. That's not really my mom. That's the the imaginary That's voice I said in my head. I've got one too. Yeah. She's right here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I put that in the back of my head of, oh, you should, because my mom is a planner and she plans for all foreseeable mm -hmm. things. But even if you're like my mom and you've planned for everything some days you just hit a nail in the road 
Yep. And there's nothing you can do and the tire's gonna blow and you're gonna have to, you can plan effectively to have a frictionless life and then life happens. Yeah, and we should plan to have oh, sure. margin and frictionless Absolutely. life. We talked about that a ton, but we have to understand the reality is friction well, is there. Well, what I think is more important is, and you use this word, which I think is good, is margin. But margin for me is margin within me. Yes. Um, and so if my goal is to have a frictionless life, here was my first thought when I hit this bump in the road. I'm often like two minutes late to everything. Mm -hmm. I'm very rarely like 10, 15 minutes late, but I'm also very rarely like on time for anything. I'm, with you. I'm, I'm always a little bit late. And there are people in my life who are always like, oh, here's Nathan, he's late again. There are people in your life that have said to me the phrase, if you're on time, you're late. Okay, yes, there are people <laughs> in my life who have said that. And so in the back of my head, you know, the first thought I had is, if I had figured this out earlier, you know, I could have avoided this and all that kind of stuff. So the first feeling in my head is, it is embarrassing that I'm gonna have to be late. Yes, it's not I even did. changing the tire that's the problem. I it's look the, bad. I look bad, right? So what though, and I think this was, I think this was good because my wife said it to me that day. She goes, I was really impressed. Normally this kind of thing would send you over the edge. Right. You know, it would make you really frustrated. But I know she was just very calm. You just handled the situation and moved on. But that's because the what most of us are making preparations for is how do I make sure I never have a flat tire when I don't need to have a flat yes. tire? Not how do I become the kind of person when an unexpected flat tire happens, I don't explode. Mm -hmm. Because often, and you know these people in your life, all of us do, you may be this person in your life. When you are a planner, I have one of my children, she is a planner. <laughs> oh, yes. She fixes and makes sure everything where she can never look foolish or have anything happen. And then the moment something unexpected happens, falls apart because I planned it. I had done everything right so that nothing would fall apart. And then it did fall apart. Mm -hmm. That's a bigger deal than having not, than being the person who didn't plan. Now, if the person who didn't plan also falls apart, there that's a problem. What we want to be is the kind of people who within our spirit can deal with friction in our lives, mm -hmm. including an annoying person, or a frustrating person, or even an offensive person, somebody who's doing something bad and irritable and out of their way to do harm to me, how can I deal with them in such a way that I don't lose control? And so I think every parent can relate to this. Like yesterday, uh, when I lost my flat tire, luckily, I think my kids have become wiser, they did not come out and go, Daddy, what's wrong with your tire? Not a good time would have been to right. come out. And That's talk to where me. the uh, you would hope you'd had that personal margin not to right. flip out. <laughs> but I, I've had other times but, in my life where I didn't have that margin, and my kids come out and I go, "Now is not the time you can even speak to me. Yeah. Don't look at me. Don't come out. We're not related. <laughs> Don't come talk to me. Don't ask me. You know, because I, I have I girls. That too. They come out and they go, "Daddy, they want you all look the like you need a hug." And I'm like, "Don't touch me. Don't touch my body. Don't." Because <laughs> <laughs> I have no margin. Yeah. I have no air. I have no area. For these children. And so often when my kids get on my nerves, the question is not, is it bad that they get on my nerves? It's, do I have the space in my life that someone can be a way I would not want them to be and I'm okay? Say it again because it's a really good question. The question is, the question <laughs> I mean, is not, the, the thought to think through is, yeah, is, is not, is it wrong that someone gets on my nerves or is it wrong that having a flat tire frustrated me. I think what we, I think a lot of times what we think is, that's the problem. I shouldn't have been upset that I got a flat tire. Well, no, that's not true. It's, I was upset. I was not happy. The question is, 
have I, in my character, become the kind of person that when I have a bump in the road, when I have friction, I don't fall apart? Mm -hmm. That I don't react in a way that is unloving? Mm -hmm. And Jesus had this way of responding to his disciples when they were out of line and they were causing friction in his life, where he responded in a way that was loving. Mm-hmm. Even when he said, you faithless people. Yes. He was not trying to make, belittle he them. He wasn't saying, you, you horrible. He wasn't yeah. attacking their them at their core. He was saying, this is what I see in you. Yes. And I'm trying to get your attention so that you can. Well, he's trying to call them to greater faith, right? right? And even when he says, you have little faith, he's, he's trying to call out this problem. Even when he says to, to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Right? Yeah. He's Ouch. Not, yeah, he is not, <laughs> I want to belittle you and make you feel small. He's saying, this situation, I'm trying to call you to something mm-hmm. else. And I do think, so when my kids get on my nerves and I'm changing a flat tire and I'm, I'm wound up, mm-hmm. my kids come out, it might be appropriate for me to say. Go inside. Yeah, to say, hey, now's really not a good time to speak to me because I'm a little frustrated doing this. I don't have time to speak to you. Mm-hmm. I don't want, maybe you should go do something else and then I'll come talk to you in a minute. Because part of preparing them for life is to explain to them, not everyone is available in every second. Right. And it's better to make that explanation to them in this scenario, like these scenarios up front than when you're on the back end apologizing, saying, okay, I I blew up on you again. Or okay, because while we need to have those moments and we need to do that to show our children that, hey, we we can come to you and say we're sorry for things, doing it on the front end is showing them, hey, I am going, you matter to me. Right. So I, and I right now cannot, I, I need to take care of this scenario and then I'll come back to you in that. So. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we, we have to just remember life's messy. I mean, yes. we say that here all the time because yeah. it's true. Life is messy. We got That's flat right. tires. We've got annoying people. We've got yeah. kids that are driving us crazy. All these things, we have expect, expectations that are unmet. Mm-hmm. We have things that happen in life that people hurt us and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And life is messy. But we have to remember that the mess isn't the problem. That's right. We can't. And that we can't avoid it. Yeah. Avoiding it's not a solution. Yeah, I think for many of us, I think there is a level to which for those of us who think the friction, the mess mm-hmm. is the problem, um, many of us become conflict avoiders. I think oh, we've yeah. already talked about the over planners, right? I'm going to make sure nothing ever goes wrong. And if you ever notice, like with the over planners, you've already thought through everything. Like, so we're about to go on vacation. And luckily, neither me or my wife are over planners. We're not even that great of planners in general, no, which may be a problem. Not either. But uh, we're not over planners. But I've, I've been on trips with people who are over planners and they've already thought through every step and what would be best for you, what you would enjoy on this trip. I've already picked out your snack and your thing. And then when they come to you with the plan and you go, oh, yeah, I don't know if I, if I want to sit in that seat or I don't know if I want to sit in this. 
Way to ruin they, it. They start to fall apart a little bit because there's this feeling of, I planned so there would be no friction. Mm -hmm. I planned so that... So everything would go smoothly. Yeah, you sat in this seat because you and this person <coughs> often have arguments, so I moved them to another seat and we, we had this whole thing, or I planned the exact amount of times to stop so that no one would have to complain about the bathroom or whatever it is. Whatever the planner did. And when these other people fall apart, when these other people cause friction on that mm -hmm. plan... Uh, your your plan did not save you from friction. It caused additional friction that didn't need to happen. But then there are other people, I think, who, because we don't want friction, we become conflict avoiders. Mm -hmm. And so my spouse behaves in a way that I don't enjoy, mm -hmm. or my kids behave in a way that I don't enjoy, um, or you know my boss behaves in a way I don't enjoy. And instead of having a healthy conflict about it and I don't even mean I think conflict is one of those words that people get really emotional about like what I just said is go yell at someone conflict is you're doing so, you are doing something or think something or feel something that I am on the other end of and ultimately we've got some friction we've got some friction so when I go to my, my or I'll say this when my wife has come to me before and said hey when you told that story at that party or, hey, when you told that joke, yep. here's how it made me feel, that was a conflict because right. she was saying the thing you did hurt my feelings right. or whatever. That was good and healthy and necessary. And the right response for me in that moment is to say, right, I'm sorry. I'm going to work and I'm, not do that anymore. Yes. Right. We've talked about that before about conflict. But sometimes the conflict comes in not because anyone did anything wrong. But it just irritates me. You talk, we were talking about the throat clearing noise, right? My <laughs> wife doesn't like that noise. I'm not doing anything harmful to her. Right. Or sinful. Yeah, or sinful. That's what I mean is it's not harmful. It, it, I, I, don't, I don't do that. And then she goes, man, that makes me feel really insecure. <laughs> yeah. Like that makes me feel terrible and you're hurting my feelings. It's not that. It's something that you do that just might irritate. And irritate. if I can stop, I, you know, it's just a thing. Well, what she has to do is ultimately go, that's something I have to do with. Or... Often my energy, <laughs> my volume, my yeah. uh, my You're freaking loud. Let's just say it. Yes, is often grating to her. Right. Um, and what can happen? I think this can happen in relationships. There are certain people who go. I just need to swallow that and deal with it, and not ever bring it up, and just never talk about the conflict because I don't want any friction. I don't want. I don't want to make them feel bad because that's just the way yes. they're wired and blah blah blah. Other people are on the planner side and go, if I can just kind of trick that out of them and yes. get, get, get work it out, tell them enough solution stuff. Solution it out. I'll solution. I'll fix, I'll fix them right up. Uh, that'll fix the problem. Mm -hmm. And neither one of those is the solution, I think. I think having open, honest conversation about it. Mm -hmm. But then when I get to a place where I realize, hey, this isn't harmful, mm -hmm. maybe it is my job to get over it. But it's also my job to be honest about it. I'm thankful for the fact, I really am, that I know my volume, my energy, the amount I talk, mm -hmm. <laughs> at times is grating to my wife, mm -hmm. right? That doesn't mean I can fix that aspect of my problem. That's just part no, of No, and it also doesn't mean that it always is grating to her because no. I probably it's something about you that she loves at the same time. Absolutely. It's not an or thin thing. It could be yes. a, in this moment, I need some quiet time and well, you're loud. And it allows me to try and anticipate that. I now can see the signs and go, maybe, maybe I just need to not talk for the next mm -hmm. hour. She needs to have some wind down time. Maybe I just need to go do something on my own or whatever the thing is. Because she's not rejecting you. She just needs... 
It's well, not you. Course. It's something about you in that moment. Or it's just, or it's something about her. <laughs> or, in, or it's about her, but it's something about yeah. you that in that moment is causing friction for her. Right. So I think avoiding the conflict is not the solution. I think over planning. Around it. Right. Both of those, and this is the truth. I hadn't thought about this, so we said it. Over planning ahead of time and avoiding the conflict are both trying to avoid a conversation. Yes, they both are trying to avoid any kind of friction-filled conversation in the middle. Yes, I am trying to plan ahead of time so that you and I don't ever even have to talk about your feelings. Yes. <laughs> I can just assume what your feelings are and make the decision for you. This person is like, because I've assumed what your feelings are, I'm not even going to talk to you. Because often, and I know, I'm sure you found this. When someone said something that hurt your feelings or made a joke that was over the line or just something, you know, it's like, hey, when you enter the room and you're just really loud yes. or whatever it is, and some and someone brings that to you, and I'm sure they may have even been uh, like nervous of, oh, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get real right. defensive. Your first thought, at least for me, is not usually, especially if they come at it the right way, right. is not, how dare they? My first thought is, oh, wow, I didn't even know that. Right. Most of the time, it's, I wasn't even aware of that. And now that you've brought it up, it's not that I can change my wiring or my personality. But I might be more aware. I might change how I enter a scenario or yes. I might, I'm not as offended because yes. I now understand where you're coming from and yes. I can think through how I want to respond in that. So bottom line, our kids are going to get on our nerves. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And I think we have to figure out how do I, as mom and dad, identify if what the, if the friction is something that needs to be confronted and had a conversation right. or whether I just need to move past this. Because depending on your kid's age, it could just be they're being seven years old and seven-year-olds are tough to be around all yes, day. Yes, I have a lot of this with both of my children. Yes. Like sometimes, I mean, sometimes Henry, for example, mm -hmm. who is 11, makes a lot of random sounds and things. And right. It annoys me. And in my mind, I say things like, well, this isn't a good time to do that. Well, why not? He's yes. not doing anything wrong. We're, he's not disrupting anyone. We're in the car, and right. he's kind of annoying me right. with something. Yes. So it... it that is just not something I need to get onto him about. He's not sinning. He's not doing right. anything wrong. I know he's not doing that same noise, you know, to interrupt somebody else. And so, right. so I just need to let that go at times and yeah. go, okay, well, this is annoying me, but, or this is getting on my nerves, but guess what? It's my nerves and it's something right. I shouldn't have to worry about. Now, if Henry was in fact doing that and my mom was in the car too, or you mm -hmm. were in the car and he was making right. noises that interrupted you, an adult who I want him to not be right. interrupting, then I address it. Yeah, I think those are the key parts is I think you have to look at, you know, our job as parents, it is to ultimately guide them to love God and love people. That is what we're trying to get to. And part of loving people is being hospitable, right? Is being right. the kind of person who in my body, I am trying to make things good and, um, I, I want you to feel like I thought about you. Mm -hmm. I thought, I, I, you know, that's what hospitality is. You know, people who have a lot of hospitality are the kind of people, they make room for people that they don't, I didn't have to do all this for you, but I did because I thought of you. I, I put effort into it before you even showed up to, to know that you were going to mm -hmm. be here. And I try to teach that to my kids a lot is, 
you know, like you said, you don't interrupt an adult. Mm-hmm. You you listen, and when you get a chance, you go up and you ask a question. You don't just if two adults are talking, you don't just run up and start having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Now it's not sinful that they do that, but it is about saying, "Hey, you want to show this person." I respect you. I respect what you have to say. So I'm going to wait until you're done to have this conversation. Or I say this to my kids a lot. There are lots of little jokes that seven-year-olds think are funny. And they and it, when once a kid thinks something's funny, they say it like 30,000 times. Yes, and they laugh with like 30,000 different laughs. Yes, and I have, to, <laughs> I have to say to my kids a lot, one and done. That's yeah. what I say. I say, hey, that's funny. Say it one time. Don't say it again. Not because I want to ruin their fun. And I know a lot of parents are like, oh, just let them be seven. Just let them do this. But I'm not really setting my kid up for success to make them think that every golden thing they think, why why are you laughing at me? Someday your children are going to say to you, Daddy, one and done on some joke joke you tell on repeat. 100%. Yes. Like, oh no. Yo, my, they they said that they go, Daddy, you're going on a little long. Yeah. I, it's really important for me to set my kids up for the best success. If I want them to be people who love God and love neighbor yeah. well, I want them to be able to think about things from another person's pers- perspective and to think. So we say this. We are a very big family. And we really much say, hey, you're not the only kid in the family. Mm-hmm. You're not the only person. So we have we have four kids. We have six people mm-hmm. in this car. Mm-hmm. You don't get to dominate every conversation. Right. You don't get to tell all the jokes you want to tell or whatever the thing is. We all have to leave room for each other. Well, that is me still having it's it's me entering into that conversation it causes a little bit of friction, mm-hmm. right? And I may get on their nerves. Maybe we need a whole episode on that as I get on my kids' nerves. Well, that, that'll be a solo episode. Yeah. I won't be here because I never get on my children's nerves. Yes, exactly. Nerves. <laughs> but that's part of the job is I have to get on their nerves and not because I want to beat out of them the things I don't like about them. Mm-hmm. It's because I want to prepare them for relationships with other people where they can think about people from other perspectives. But the goal for me as a parent is... My kids are going to get on my nerves, and that's okay. That doesn't mean I don't love them. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad parent because I don't. It just means it's part of life. And the friction in life, the mess in life, it's not bad. It's just part of life. What's important is how do I respond to it? Right. How have I prepared myself to be the kind of person that mess and friction can happen and I don't fall apart? Right. Exactly. Because if we fall apart every time, then we're not living like Jesus wants us to. That's exactly right. We're going to pursue greatness, not goodness. Yep. I think that's it. All right. Well, good luck with your kids that are irritating you this week. (laughs) We'll have the same thing at home, I'm sure. Yes. um, Tune back in for the episode about how we annoy our children. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, if you have any confession or question for us, again, there is a link in the show notes, and we want to hear from you guys. We love getting questions from you guys um, and confessions from you. If not, we come up with our own. So um, send them in, and we will see you all next time. Have a great day. A good day. Have a good day. day. Bye.